Blog Talk Radio. Listen to their struggles as they turn them into triumphs. In a city full of challenges, they only search for victory and nothing will hold them back. These are their stories. So sit back, relax, and welcome to their city. Wrestle City Radio. And hello folks, welcome to another edition of Russell City Radio. I am your host, George Alonso, and again for everyone that's tuning right back in after all these weeks of episodes, we thank you from everyone behind the scenes and on the show as far as supporting us, supporting our dream, just like all you great indie fans and wrestling fans support the professional wrestlers who sacrifice their bodies, their souls, and everything in between to entertain us as fans. This is a wrestling radio show made by the fans for the fans and, of course, the most real talk show on the net as we don't hold anything back. And on top of that, all bloopers are on the spot. (laughs) If you haven't noticed from these past couple weeks of episodes, uh, we don't do anything pre-recorded. We do everything on the spot, but we keep it all professional. Folks, we have a huge show lined up here for you today. Of course, we are going to be talking about small tidbits. Uh, including the NXT UK brand, uh, and of course, Shinsuke Nakamura returning to New Japan after his WWE contract expires. You know, and on top of that, we also are going to be welcoming our special guest of the evening. I am talking about a 10 plus year veteran, and on top of that, an extremely entertaining gentleman, a Game of Thrones fan himself. I'm talking about Showtime. Matthew Palmer will be on the show here later on today, uh, and we are very, very thankful for him to share the time with us and our listeners and his fans as well. Uh, Guys, let's start talking about Shinsuke Nakamura returning to New Japan after WWE. Uh, His WWE contract expires. First and foremost, guys, for all of you that don't, uh, you know, keep track, yes, he was bitten by a dog uh, due to his absence on SmackDown. The cops have confirmed that incident. Uh, So everything is true. So I just want to let you know, yes, it is true. He is not like he was leaving WWE and SmackDown. If you got all nervous about that, uh, it's due to an incident that transpired with a dog. He got bitten, and the cops were able to confirm that. Now, folks, for you guys that, you know, all of a sudden this new uh, opinion, uh, ever since Dave Meltzer was asked this on Twitter, uh, basically, hey, do you think – uh, 
Shinsuke Nakamura will return to the New Japan Pro Wrestling right after his WWE contract expires. Listen, folks, uh, Dave Meltzer re- uh, answered that tweet by saying he doesn't think so, but it is also possible. Let me just say for the record, folks, if Shinsuke Nakamura returns to New Japan, great. If he stays with the WWE, great. Either way, both companies are flourishing. They're growing as WWE finally announced their partnership with Fox for SmackDown and, of course, New Japan now coming over to the United States. Either way, we will still be able to see Shinsuke Nakamura and all his glory conduct what he does best, and that is entertain us as fans. Just because he's not, no longer in the WWE doesn't mean that we won't be entertained by him as much. Yes, WWE is a global phenomenon, but New Japan is just like Chris Jericho said on Twitter as well, New Japan is breathing down the WWE's neck. So, guys, don't worry. Don't, don't stress yourself about Shinsuke Nakamura leaving or not. Just support whatever decision he makes because at the end of the day, we're still going to be entertained by the usual charismatic Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes, he is a little bit different in the WWE. Guys, if you didn't expect him um, to be different in the first place, then you're dead wrong, of course, because WWE has to groom you for a new set of fans, for a new fan base. The same fan base, yes, sometimes the percentages are off by quite a margin or maybe not as big of a margin between New Japan and WWE. But remember, in the WWE's eyes, in their market world, they have to also reach out to the kids. Uh, the kids are one major, major fraction of their fans and their following. So, guys, you have to understand that, that you have to make the characters more engaging for these kind of fans, and hence why you don't see Shinsuke at 100% strong style, because they don't think that would grab the attention, maybe, of the kids. Uh, so you have to understand and be flexible with that, just like these superstars are flexible to entertain us. For once, let's be flexible with the superstars as well and accept them for what they are doing out there in the wrestling ring and doing what they do best, and that is entertain us. Uh, Now, uh, going past that, folks, I do also want to talk about the NXT UK brand announcement. Uh, For those that didn't catch, of course, the debut of NXT UK uh, during the UK Championship Tournament on the day after the tournament uh, aired, of course, was the first episode of NXT UK, and we got to see, of course, Pete Dunne retain his championship, and of course, Mustache Mountain winning the NXT Tag Team Championships, and we got to see the return of Wolfgang against Adam Cole. Guys, I feel like this is long overdue. As a matter of fact, this is a rumor or a fact or a news, whatever you want to call it, that's been in the workings for about over a year and a half since the first NXT UK tournament. And Ever since that day, the American fans grew to love the U.K. division and started to grow to love, to love people like Pete Dunne and Mustache Mountain and Wolfgang, 
even when they showed up at the NXT arena, they will get a round of applause, a standing ovation, including an NXT takeover for that great, great match for the UK Championship. This was something that was asked for and was being given even before it was being asked uh, by the fans uh, for the UK division. It's finally here, and Triple H made the great announcement that we would even be getting a women's division and a tag team's division. And, of course, they already have their U.K. champion in Pete Dunne. Now, the fact that we even got a legend like Johnny Saint as the general manager of this is amazing. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a crossover episode once again, just like we got for the first episode, where NXT meets NXT UK, and you have William Regal and Johnny Saint both in one segment? Can you imagine for all your nostalgic fans and, of course, all your up-to-date fans to get a knowledge, an injection of knowledge by a segment by none other than the legend himself, Johnny Saint and William Regal? Imagine that, folks. And so many dream matches can be signed from that just that merge. I feel like the NXT UK brand will be growing to great heights, and I cannot wait to see where it goes from here because it will be amazing. And mark my words on that. Guys, so if you have any comments on any of these segments uh, that I just spoke about, any of these tidbits, feel free to go ahead and comment what you think about the whole situation when it comes to Shinsuke Nakamura going over to New Japan after his WWE contract expires, or what did you think of the NXT brand? Uh, guys, <clears throat> so you go ahead and comment on our Facebook fan page, Wrestle City Radio on Facebook. Message us uh, and let us know your opinion. If you have a question for our guest as well, folks, I have to bring up this, this uh, disclosure. We are no longer accepting live call-ins from our fans. Uh, unfortunately, this is nothing against you. It's due to the fact that we've had prank callers disrespect our guests here on the show, and we have no longer accepted that. If you're going to get angry, please feel free to get angry at the prank callers who ruined it. But I'm not saying that I'm ignoring your request either, because all you have to do is message myself on Facebook. Uh, my name is written right there on the description of this episode. Or you can message the Russell City Radio fan page, or even leave a comment. If you have any questions or comments for our guests on this show, feel free to message us or leave a comment and I'll make sure that our guest of the night receives that message or question and you will not be ignored. I promise you on that and I even will name drop your name. Don't worry about that. Now folks, let's go ahead and welcome our special guest of the evening. I'm talking about none other than of course Showtime Mr. Matthew Palmer, let's go ahead and unmute you. How are you doing, Mr. Palmer? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Ah, good, good, man. Good, good. Just, good. you know, with this, I don't know how, what kind of weather you're getting up there, but uh, I feel like I'm swimming here in Miami. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I am over here in Orlando looking at some people rowing their boats at this lake I live next to. It's gorgeous out here. It's wonderful. Hey, <laughs> I don't Palmer. mean to rub it in. <laughs> you come down here to Miami a lot, knowing that you work for Ronin and, and Blueprint and so on. You want to switch just for a couple of days? <laughs> you can keep that. <laughs> I'll retire wrestling before I move down there where it's it's wet. Keep that. <laughs> Darn it, man. At least I tried. <laughs> yeah, good try. Good job. Good effort. <laughs> Points for effort. So, Mr. Palmer, first and foremost, I thank you so very much for your time. You know, I know you're very busy, always training, always making sure that you're on the ball when it comes to your wrestling career and, and doing what you have to do. So thank you so very much for actually lending us some time in your busy schedule oh, yeah, to be on course. show. Of course, so, no problem. I wanted to ask you first, let's hit it off with this, man, because one thing I've learned about your career is that you've been in this sport, and I'm calling it a sport, not entertainment. Well, it is entertainment, but this, in this game, in this sports entertainment or sport or however fans want to call it, for about 10 years plus. Right. And, and I've seen you work. I've seen you at Ronin. I've been live to see you work at Mr. Palmer, I have to say this, and I mean this with all the respect in the world. You look like <laughs> a guy who just entered the business yesterday. <laughs> like, <you're, laughs> your, your body doesn't look, you know, destroyed and, and so on and so forth. You, like, it looks like you have taken the punishment and the stress of the business so well. How do you do it? Uh, I hide the pain very well. That's, that's all I can tell you. Um, <laughs> Because, like, I, I can tell you, I, I feel like I'm 50 years old. <laughs> I walk through the curtain, I'm already tired. I was like, oh, my God, all right, smile on your face, get to work. Um, it's, a, it, it's, it's pretty rough. You know, like any, any wrestler knows or any, any, any just man knows just years of grinding at a job that's kind of rough on the body. You get used to it, you know, construction worker, anything like that. You get used to it, so you just kind of roll with the punches. But let me tell you. My knees hurt, my back hurts, my head hurts every night of the week. You know, that's just the way wrestling is. But, you know, we're just bred and we're trained to hide it and be a little tougher than we are expected to be, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that I've seen, like, the moves that you have and the entertainment you provide to the fans and, and the sacrifices you make to just put your body on the line when you go out there. Like, some fans... Like, I've noticed, Mr. Palmer, when it comes to, like, a match they don't like or a move that goes wrong and they decide, hey, you messed that up or something. They And you've been there before. You've probably heard fans oh, yeah. scream a lot of things during your matches. Like, how why, How can you describe from a wrestler's point of view the, the, the risks that you guys take when you guys are in that square circle? Oh, you mean like the physical risk, or do you mean like the uh, the risk of having fans scrutinize your every movement? Yeah, the the risk of that, and of course the risk of what you do just to entertain. Like because, for instance, to give you an example, I went to a show up in New Jersey, okay. and I'm not gonna name drop or anything, but I went to a show in, up in New Jersey. They messed up one move, but the guy almost could have broken his leg during that move. But oh, yeah. instead of the fans saying, oh, my God, is he okay? The first thing that they started chanting was, hey, you effed up. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's just the mentality of just people staring at characters and celebrity. 
because you get to a certain point where you stop humanizing with people. You you can you can look at that and just like take any celebrity, any any wrestler, John Cena, and you get people on his Instagram or his social media just calling him a piece of shit and things like that. It's like you you stop looking at them as a person and just think that they're just a piece of meat to entertain you. And so that's the that's the kind of problems pro wrestling or any entertainment has is that hey I just got a concussion and I can't go to work and I'm not gonna be able to pay my bills this week, but you keep chanting you fucked up. <laughs> so like, yep. And, yeah. I mean that's and in the in the moment, I can speak for myself and the majority of wrestlers probably in the moment you're just trying to cover it. It's like okay let's get out get past this keep going, but it just it, some people it gets to them so in the locker room, you know they're hurt, and all they can think about is thirty people chanting you fucked up. And I was like okay well I'm hurt, and that's all these people care about. It makes you bitter. It makes people bitter, and it makes people want to lash out negatively, and that's not something wrestlers can do because it just gets bounced back into even worse uh, social media and publicity for them. Yeah, and so, I've noticed yeah. that about your style too. Like, uh, you know, you you could get from backlash to cheer, and you're still having fun out there. It's like, oh yeah, that's why I love watching you. Like, that's what. <laughs> It, like I'm not trying to, you know, continue on with this band, like a bandwagon or, or like this, like a little wagon. And say, hey, look at me, I'm the biggest uh, Matthew Palmer fan now. But I've always been a fan. But one thing I loved about you, no matter what match you've been in, is that, yeah, someone can heckle you and you would joke right back. Oh yeah, that's it, it, that's my uh, years of improv. I used to be a theater major, and it was my job before I became a wrestler. And so, like, people heckling me, it's like, it's no big deal. I'm funnier than you. And so I'll just go and I'll just heckle you back. It's not a problem. <laughs> well, man, Mr. Palmer, you, the the stand-up comedy really shows then, man, because when I saw you for the first time live <laughs> in Ronan, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this what? man is doing these spots with Joey Ryan. <laughs> oh, that's right. You saw me with Joey. I was going to ask you what match it was. Oh, my God, Joey Ryan. Let me tell you right now. Joey Ryan may be my favorite wrestler in all of wrestling right now. He just, everything he does, I love. I love Joey Ryan. And like people think he's just like a, the dick flip guy. He can do so much more. <laughs> like, it's amazing. <laughs> Watching Joey Ryan just unload and open up and do what every, like, the 20 years of wrestling he knows. And it's just like, oh my God, Joey's amazing. And he doesn't have to. He can just do a dick flip and you're just as happy. It's the best combination of things. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to go on a tangent. You just mentioned Joey Ryan. I love that guy so much. <laughs> well, I was actually going to say, when they first announced it at the Ronin, uh, when they said Matthew Palmer versus Joey Ryan, I said to myself, oh, my God, what's going to happen? I, I might as well put the kids to sleep during this match. <laughs> because <laughs> It was nothing nothing bad. <laughs> no, it kept the PG. <laughs> yes, you're right. It kept the PG, but when a person... <laughs> When a person like me has been a fan of both you and Mr. Ryan for so long, you say, "Oh my God, <laughs> they must have—they <laughs> must have created comedy gold when they booked this match." So, and let me tell you something—you delivered in a PG format. Oh, thank you. Thank so, you. So, <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> that so, match—that match is the first time I've wrestled Joey in years. The last time I wrestled him was before he got the uh, the uh, U the U porn uh, sponsorship and before he beca- uh, came out with the Dickplex. 
So it was, just, it was Candace and Joey versus myself and uh, Athena, which is my wife. And, uh, and, like, it was so much fun, but, like, five, six years later, I get to wrestle Joey again, but he's got the dick flips now. And I'm like, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> like, in my head, it sounds so silly, but, like, it was just, like, that's what a wrestler, like, loves. Like, okay, what am I doing this weekend? I got to do this match, this match. Oh, and I got to wrestle Joey Ryan. Oh, shit, I haven't seen Joey in a long time. <laughs> I'm going to get dick flipped. I can't wait. <laughs> so let so I must ask you this and and from here I'll I'll continue because our interview just went completely spiral into this but uh when you were told you were wrestling Joey again at Ronin were you one of those that gets super excited of the dick flex I'm the dick flex of saying yes, yes. I'm going to be able to take yes. it Yes uh, and I I remember that match I was actually uh it was Jason Cade and I, I don't uh, we had just driven up from Orlando to Iowa for the Pro Wrestling Revolver show and then immediately back to uh, Miami for Ronin. So we were going on no sleep. It was a near 40-hour drive total. And so I was exhausted. I was eating garbage food all day the last two days, and I was just hurt from my matches. And all I could think of was, like, if I can just get through this dick flex, then I know I've done my job. <laughs> If I can just somehow grab that man's groin and get flipped by him, then I have done my job. Like, I, was, I, was so, I was so happy. And that's such a weird thing to say in your job and your profession. Like, if somebody working a nine-to-five job, then if they can just get through that day of grabbing that guy's dick and getting flipped, like, that wouldn't happen in a normal world. Hey, so it's just like coming into work and saying, hey, so Matt, what did you do uh, over the weekend? Oh, I took some bombs, I took some uh, over-the-top rope moves, and, and I grabbed the guy's, you know, wing-wang and did a flip. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, you know, a bump. I fall down on the ring. Like, no, the dick. <laughs> ah, it's it, it's nice when Ryan. you have to report something like that, but <laughs> or random. But, you know. I'm so glad I don't have, like, a regular job to explain myself to people anymore. More. I used to. I used to work at a Chase Bank, and people always ask me, like, "What did you do this weekend?" I was like, "I can't tell you." <laughs> I paraded around half naked and arrested other men. What do you? What do you want? Well, Mr. Palmer, if it makes you laugh anything, I used to be a mass luchador in down here in South Miami, and let's just say I was very flamboyant under the mask. Oh so, yeah. So when <laughs> that's what I like to hear. <laughs> I like to so, flamboyant characters. They're more fun. Well, listen, as long as I was under uh, under the mask, but when people would ask me, hey, was that you? No. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking oh, no. about. <laughs> no. So, because, of course... I look just like you. Like, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> anywho... <laughs> no, you know, now that we're talking about even Joey Ryan, you know, for instance, Joey has always been very, very vocal when it comes to defending the independent scene as well. Uh, you yes. know, by every everyone and, and and practically their mother asking them, "Hey, Joey, are you ever going to the WWE? Are you ever going to the WWE?" And Joey has always been a front runner, just like jo- uh, Johnny Gargano was uh, for independent wrestling, saying that mm-hmm. it doesn't. You don't need to be in the WWE to make it in this business. Sometimes independent wrestling can do just as great as long as you know how to do business. Now, right. I understand that everyone's dream is to get there. I, I'm not saying don't, don't try. But 
you being in the business for over 10 years, what, what's your take on independent wrestling? I think, I think right now it's in such a boom that going to WWE wouldn't be a mistake if you're in the indies, but if you don't have the option, it's not the end of the world. Like, I understand going to WWE, everyone thinks they're going to make a ton of money, and knowing people that are in WWE and being married to somebody who's in WWE, I know the road that they take is grueling. The pay isn't exceptional until you get to a certain level. But if you can make it, you're great, and then eventually your time's going to be up. But the indies are always going to be there. You can be at WWE for 20 years, you can be there for two years, you can be there for six months, but the indies are always going to be there, so you can go right back on the indies and still make a killing, and still make a ton of money. It's like, yeah, go for WWE if that's your dream, but don't let it be your be-all, end-all, because the indies are growing. They're getting better and better, and uh, especially with like people starting to embrace Twitch and live streaming and things like that. It's going to be, it's going to get even bigger. Mm-hmm. And 100% agreed on that, because even fans uh, have gone on to social media and by saying, hey, this is, uh, and I also agree with the statement by saying, uh, you know, to be an independent wrestler, this is the best time now because the radar has even grown even more than before. Because, oh, absolutely. Yeah, because before it used to be known as the quote-unquote land of the giants, and now since Daniel Bryan, and, and, and like, it's been like, hey, size don't matter no more. So, right. I, I agree that size doesn't matter on any level. Even if you're a big guy, you can do the cruiserweight stuff now. If you're a little guy and you're strong, you can do the big guy stuff now. It's great. Yep. And we saw that in the U.K. division, actually, when we saw some big guys doing some aerial maneuvers. Uh, yeah. So I want to ask you on that, with that statement being, you know, thrown around everywhere, do you feel like independent wrestling is in trouble in that sense with WWE practically picking up every major star known in the independent circuit? No, because everyone everyone makes the assumption that WWE has this infinite or sorry uh, sorry infinite uh, amount of money that they can just throw out and get all these people and they have all these open spots, but they can, they can only take so many before mm-hmm. the roster is completely full. And, like, we can't use anybody. And then guys start getting parted out. So, yeah, they'll take all the indie darlings now. But then a lot of these veterans from WWE who are still able to go and do some cool stuff are going to be leaving. And they're going to be resupplying the indies. And then these young kids are going to come in. They're going to meet a lot of these old-timers from WWE. While they're all working together, they're going to get better. And so it's just a never-ending cycle. People are always training to become a pro wrestler. And people are always going to get better. And the minds, the people at the vets that know everything are going to keep resupplying and teaching the next generation. They're going to go back and forth. It's the same as it's always been. It's, only, it's, it's always been like that for the last, well, ever, since 1984. It's been like that. And so, just because you know it now, and wrestling, wrestling is, is coming out of the shadows and people know the behind-the-scenes stuff, doesn't mean that this is brand-new concept. <laughs> How many how many huge stars got picked up in the 90s? You just didn't know about them because you didn't have social media or anything like that. There were huge yep. stars that, around the territories and came and got picked up. And then they the old guys left and got resupplied. No big deal. Same thing as usual. Yep. A hundred, and I agree with that as well. 
you know, I'm glad that we're so far agreeing with everything we're both <laughs> counteracting. We're doing with each a great interview. This. There is like no argument. <laughs> <laughs> For once, except that I'm hiding yeah, something which you might like probably throw me into the ring and just leg drop me to hell after I All tell right. you. Let's but, hear it. Let's hear it. Let's do it. Let's get it over. Let's peel the band aid off. <laughs> Oh, God, this might have ruined the interview. I have not watched an episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> hey, not my problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, it's, I'm just saying it's because one of you're my an favorite Game shows of Thrones fan. Just book saying. Series. So, like, huh? I would be upset with you if the show was, like, nearing the uh, cancellation spot because, like, what's wrong with you? You're ruining the ratings. I can't, I can't enjoy my show because you're not watching it. But, like, it's, like, the largest and, like, highest-rated show of all time, or highest-watched show of all time. So, like, it's okay. Now, if some people would have watched Ash vs. the Evil Dead, I could have kept that going for a little while, but that got canceled. I'd be pissed off at that one. <laughs> well, I... I you, are, you, are you about I, to tell me you didn't watch Ash vs. the Evil Dead? So, about the interview. You son of a... <laughs> Sorry, but no. Listen, one thing I've I've actually was thinking of asking you as a fan here, a fan as of Matthew Palmer, was knowing that knowing how Ronan actually works so closely with Supercon, can we ever see maybe Matthew Palmer do a cameo into uh, FSCW as Jon Snow? Well, I will tell you this: I will be doing some work with FSCW. It's going to be in Raleigh, Carolina, North Carolina. Um, is it north or south? I don't know. I don't have my dates or my cities. Um, but I will not be Jon Snow. What I, the character I will be is being held as a secret for right now. But it's one of my favorite characters ever in all of pop culture and nerddom. Uh, we all know it's already Ash. You're, you have the haircut for it. <laughs> oh, I wish. I had my hair cut. <laughs> Can you imagine wrestling with a giant chainsaw as a as a hand? But oh, that'd be amazing. It's <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> like you can't disqualify me. It's my hand. <laughs> oh, can you imagine the the magic you could work with that? I've actually been asking for a long time to the promoters of FCW to please bring in uh, Ultraman uh, or or something like that or. I, I I don't know. I'm just a, a big kaiju fan, so it's. I've been asking. Ah, uh, yeah. To, uh, oh well. <laughs> I, did, I did. I did one of those kai. I did one kaiju battle once ever, and almost broke my jaw. It was, <laughs> it was like, I was like, uh, it was funny because like a month prior, I had taken a power bomb on the cinder blocks, and I had done this hardcore match with Bear Wood, and I walked out, and people were like, "Are you okay?" I was like, yeah, I'm fine. It's cool, guys. A month later, I get in a kaiju thing, almost break my jaw immediately. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> there's, there's not even any glory in it. Nobody could be like, man, Palmer really can take a punch to the face. No, it was a suit. <laughs> like, you had no clue I was on that damn thing. <laughs> I was like, this is bullshit. And I, and I know at the kaiju big battles, they love to have those weird costumes. Like sometimes it's a giant banana or a giant monkey with a banana or something, or a giant cupcake. I've seen some weird yeah. costumes at that event, and uh, I dare ask what ideas they've been coming up with for those kaiju big battles in Orlando. Well, I don't know. I did the one, but I haven't done any more. Uh, they haven't they haven't asked me to do any more, probably because I almost got my jaw broken in the easiest spot ever. <laughs> 
Um, but I, I dressed up as like this rainbow unicornish character. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And they they literally here's here's how they got me to do it. I had wrestled on the show prior that led into the kaiju big battle, and they just threw a costume at me and said, "Hey Matt, you're still here. Put this on." And then they kind of pushed me through the curtain. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> oh god, that must have been the most like random this. thing. I, like that's just plain and simple random. Like yeah, like that 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 was my life. That's my life. Can you believe that? <laughs> my life. Think about this. My life is to train until there is a show, to dress up in spandex that's really form fitting and wrestle half naked with another person, and then sometimes I will be flipped with their dick, or somebody's going to throw me a giant costume <laughs> that covers up my entire body, and I have no clue what's going on. Says so go out there and fight like a monster. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I go out there, and my music plays, and I'm out there. That's my entire life. Like, it's just, it's just the weekend. Hey, at least you weren't wrestling Godzilla. Improv. Yeah, no kidding. Well, like, it would be easier to wrestle Godzilla because I can just get my ass kicked and go. <laughs> so, like, it's like, okay, walk in, Godzilla kills me, and I'm gone. Pretty freaking simple. Well, <laughs> I'm loving this interview. I think I, I've never laughed this hard in any interviews I've ever conducted in my life. <laughs> good, good. I'm, I'm getting better at these, finally. It only took me 12 years. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> for for your toughness in this ring as well, Mr. Palmer, to go to kind of segue off of that tough uh, part that you were just talking about, you know, one of your trainers is actually one of the what, what another one of my favorite wrestlers in this business. And as a matter of fact, you started your your career practically in where pe- one of the how can I call it meccas of professional wrestling. You, you know, Terry Funks, uh, the Dory Funks, uh, Dusty Rose, Dustin Rose, etc. All came out from Texas. And oh yeah. You were trained by one of the legend, uh, legends of Texas that I want to consider legend, and I'm talking about Lance Hoyt. Oh, yeah. This Lance, is... that bitch, he's nothing. Like, <laughs> 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 I hope he doesn't listen to this. He'll kill it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lance, Lance train, let's train me. Uh, but, of course, I'm, I'm a small guy. Like, I'm a cruiserweight. Like, I could gain 40 pounds and still be a cruiserweight. Lance is huge. Lance is like mm-hmm. six foot six, six seven. Hell, he might be six eight. I don't know if he's still growing, but like he's yeah. two hundred and fifty pounds of the lightest. I think he's about two eighty now. He's all muscle, and like so, like I walk in to get trained by Lance Hoyt, and the first thing I think in my head is like, how the hell is this guy gonna train me? He's a monster. I am nothing. I am a twig. I am a leaf in the wind. But, <laughs> but he taught me everything. Everything he possibly could. He taught me how to respect a big man's size, how to be a cruiserweight, how to do this and that. And I was like, I, I was dumbfounded how smart and how intelligent and how, uh, how wide uh, Lance Hoyt is as far as wrestling. He's still a big bitch, though. I'm going to tell you right now, I could be his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Lance, I hope you're listening to this. Uh, I'm do it, Lance. Match you ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> Listen, uh, I don't, yeah. I'm not held responsible if he calls in. No, I, I, I'm just messing. Uh, you know, I'm gonna but, I'm gonna tell you a fun little Lance Hoyt story. Oh so no! So back when it was, we wrestled in Corpus Christi. Uh, it was like a three day, uh, three show weekend one day, 
and uh, we wrestled in Corpus Christi. And this is when he was doing the rock and rave thing in TNA for a while with Jimmy Rave. Mm-hmm. So the promoter didn't book Jimmy Rave. He booked me. I think Lance got me in there because I was a student a long time ago. And so a buddy of mine says, Matt, please dress up as Jimmy Rave. Be little Matty Rave. And so I did it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, whatever. I did it. We came out. We did the rock and rave thing. And I am outside the crowd taunting them. It's a large Hispanic community. And I'm just taunting uh, them. And Lance is in the ring with a mic. And he's just, he's jawjacking. And I got people in my face. It's, it's going great. Being the bad guys we are. And Lance goes, you know what? I'm glad Selena's dead. And I, and like, and I was like, what the f-? And, then, and like, I had no clue he was going to say that. I think he just said it to rile them up to want to stab me. Because literally everyone went from being, you know, mad to just dead silent staring at me ready to jump up and hurt me. And I ran in the ring going, what the hell? I said quite a few other words. I'm going to try to keep it still cleaner. <laughs> and he just laughed at me and laughed. And we got to the hotel the other night. I was like, what's the matter with you? It was just like, I thought it was great. I thought they'd get a lot of heat. And I was like, you're a bitch. <laughs> you, dude. You almost got me stabbed. <laughs> Well, yeah, especially because one thing I, 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 that's also something Texas has their rowdy fans. You you were actually part of a company in in of course Texas. Uh, the one I'm talking about is Anarchy Pro, where oh yeah, where fans tend to get very rowdy in those shows. I, I've been I've seen some of their shows and I'm like, holy cow! How are they all surviving with these fans? Oh, dude, and, as, as, as it wasn't like an ECW thing where the fans were extremely volatile. These fans were bloodthirsty, but in a weird way, respectful. You know what I mean? Like, they wanted yeah. to see blood and things like that, but if somebody got dropped on their head, they didn't chant the you fucked up. You know, it's, it's weird. Uh, it, it, and I got to say, like, it, it, it was a great part of my career is wrestling in front of those fans. They wanted to see me get my ass kicked or they wanted to see me kick somebody's ass. But the second they thought I was really hurt or someone else was really hurt, the show was going to pause for a second and make sure this guy's okay, and then go right back to being just as rowdy as before. Weird, but kind of cool. So, and in that sense, because, of course, again, you've wrestled in Texas, you've wrestled in Florida, obviously, and, of course, everyone else considers the third mecca of pro wrestling being New York. Oh, yeah, you know, I wrestled in New York, too. Yeah, so in all three places, they they consider that like the 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 field house for professional wrestling. How mm-hmm. which, which fan base do you feel has been the most you know easy to work with? Because of course, like you mentioned, Texas, you've had your ins and outs with the uh, the, th- <laughs> the, <laughs> the the <laughs> the threats in Florida. Oh yeah. Well, you I, can, I can tell you, but my answer is based in, in bias because it's it's Texas. And it's only bias because the Texas fans literally watched me grow up in wrestling. And so when they see me, a lot of longtime Texas fans, they remember, oh, that's the old centerfold kid. That was that kid that looked like he was 130 pounds soaking wet. And he go out here and get murdered by Masada and all these kind of people. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, like, they are the easiest to work because they know me. I go to New York, and some people know me, and a lot of people won't. And they'll be like, okay, just another guy. 
I go to Florida and it's it's better than that. But Texas, I mean, I I walk into a room and people are like, oh my God, Mr. Palmer, shake my hand. It's like, what are you shaking my hand for? I'm a nobody. But that's just the way it is in Texas. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, in that sense, that's how they love the the hometown boy, though. Yeah, that's you know, what it is. Like how I you mean, were saying, like you you, <clears throat> you mentioned that you were being biased, but that's just being a hometown boy, though. Just like if I yeah, asked that same question to a Florida guy or a girl. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's okay. If I had to take Texas out of the equation, I would mm-hmm. say my favorite area to work would be the uh, Midwest, places like Pro Wrestling Revolver, that Ohio, Iowa area. I like mm-hmm. them because it seems like they get a lot of wrestling. But at the same time, they don't get enough wrestling. And so the fans are, like, just really happy to be there. They know their stuff, but they've been aching for more, excuse me, for more wrestling. And so like, they'll, and, take, they'll just take whatever you give them. They're like, yeah, okay, cool, man, entertain me. Whatever you got, let's go. Well, and that's, <clears throat> that's what I'm loving about, you know, what even WWE is trying to express with, of course, with the business of pro wrestling. They're, they have spread wrestling more internationally than ever before now Saudi Arabia yeah. uh, Saudi Arabia you know Mexico of course they've always had pro wrestling uh Japan always had pro wrestling but it, they they are really really starting to like the world is finally starting to embrace pro wrestling again because I remember during a time period I think it was during the attitude era that a lot of people were saying wrestling that's very dangerous stay away yeah. from that yeah and that's but now, that just, thank, thanks to all of you, they're embracing uh, embracing it again. Yeah, I think WWE is the forerunner for the uh, this renaissance of wrestling. As much as I want to praise indie wrestling, no matter how good indie wrestling is, more people will watch WWE as a whole than a specific organization. So they really changed the tide of uh, social commentary on wrestling. They went PG. They did that for like 10 years. Now people are like, okay, it's not a fad. They're going to stay PG. We'll bring in more kids. We'll bring in more people to watch it. They like it. Okay, let's introduce this kind of wrestling and the indies to my kids here. And okay, we'll go to this show. Oh, this is really fun. Then we'll go to this show. And then word of mouth travels to all these other places. Like, oh, Germany starts getting picked up with more wrestling. Uh, England starts getting a boom in wrestling all of a sudden. You know, it's like it's all related to them. It's all related to mm-hmm. WWE and how they push their product and their marketing. No matter how good the indies are, there's only so large of a market that we can touch until a billion-dollar company comes in and takes the lead on it. Yep. And I'm glad that you brought that up, too, as far as that statement is concerned. Because uh, one thing I also had to bring up, uh, you know, you mentioned kids and you mentioned, uh, you know, about how they market. How did, you know, wrestling market out to you? How did you get all into it in the first place when, what grabbed your attention to get into wrestling? I wanted to be a wrestler since I was four years old. And that's because I saw a Bret Hart match. Well, first my dad just turned on wrestling one day. I said, hey Matt, let's see if you like this sat there, and I, I, I loved it, and it was Bret Hart, I don't remember who he wrestled, I think, I think it might have been the Mountie, I'm not sure, but I, I just, Bret Hart is the one that drew me into wrestling, he was my favorite wrestler up until Chris Benoit, and then, of course, you know, the Benoit thing, all the big hush, taboo thing, can't mention, but it was those two for a long time, and so since I was four years old, so for like 28 years now, I've been wanting to be a wrestler because of Bret Hart. 
I just, I like, and a lot of people like Hulk Hogan because he's big, flamboyant, and colorful, and these guys are so cold because he's intense in your face, and he's, an, he's anti-establishment. I just like the wrestler. I really just mm-hmm. like the guy who was the best wrestler. And that's who I liked. It was just, it was weird because somebody who was four years old, little kid, completely ignorant to all of wrestling, I knew right away that that was the best guy. Bret Hart, and he wasn't even the champion. I just somehow knew he was the best one in my eyes. So yeah, Bret Hart and, got me into wrestling. And, and with that, <clears throat> with that being said, since four years old, you've been a fan, and you followed your dreams to become that professional wrestler at a very young age too. I, I, again, I'm not going to throw out your age. That's that's private <laughs> stuff. But but you got into wrestling at a very young age, getting in that training with Lance Hoyt and so on and so forth. And, you know, a lot of people will look at you, Matt, uh, Mr. Palmer, sorry, and say, <laughs> hey, you know, what are you doing going to training? Let's go to this party. You know, there's a party going on down the street or, or so on right. and so forth because that was what was hip, you know, for that age. Uh, same thing for me. You know, I used to train with Rusty Brooks down here in South Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would decline decline every kind of invite just so I could go over there, you know, to train with the likes of, like, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, a.k.a. Connor from The Ascension. Right. You know, how did you overcome that kind of peer pressure? Because I'm I'm pretty sure you went through a lot during that time. Uh, see, it's weird. So for the first five, six years, I went to training three, sometimes four times a week. And then uh, when I started traveling more around the country, I didn't go as frequently because I was wrestling more in the ring. But I think a large part of it is you have to socialize. As a wrestler, you have to socialize with other wrestlers. So rather, you're forced to, which is the nature of the business. So rather than just drinking and bullshitting about stuff, you have to talk wrestling. You have to bounce ideas off of each other. So while... I was missing, I wasn't training as much, I was missing some training sessions because of being on the road and just sore in general. I was finding more knowledge just talking to people. So you can't just go to a party or stay at home and play a video game and not talk to anybody because you're just becoming stagnant. You're not in the ring training, your body's turning to shit, your body's getting soft because you're not falling down and getting the shit kicked out of you enough, and you're not talking to anybody as a gain some knowledge. So yeah. If you're, not get, if you're not in the training ring, that's all my young wrestlers, if you're not training at least twice a week, you're doing yourself a disservice physically. But if you're not talking to these wrestlers, whether they're young or old or whatever, you're doing yourself a disservice mentally that's going to handicap you for the rest of your life. You have to talk to these guys. You have to train at least, at least twice a week. It doesn't have to be in the ring every single time, but get in the ring at least once a week. You can't. So and there you go. There's my there's my little spiel on on training. No, no. By, by all means, please, uh, because that's some great advice for any of the young guys that are wanting to train or are training right now that are tuning in. That's some amazing advice that they could take. You know, mm-hmm. especially from a veteran like yourself that have helped the younger generation become who they are or become or becoming yeah. technically. But you know. My last question here, Mr. Palmer, because I know you're busy and you have to go do your things, but, you know, <laughs> you have been a fan, like you said, since four years old. And yes. 
growing up with Bret Hart, the Hulk Hogan, the Undertakers, uh, even, you know, all the way down to the most weird of the characters, uh, like Doink the Clown, you grew up with all these names, and now you are one of those names. Literally. <laughs> I would I wouldn't know as, as exceptional as those guys, but I'm definitely well, a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to compare an apple with an orange, but you, thankfully, because of you in South Florida, Mr. Palmer, I'm going to go out on a limb and say independent wrestling in Florida is healthy because of people like you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. My pleasure. And I'm saying that on a very recorded show here, and this can be used, you know, on it for (laughs) years to come. You, this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm gonna find this and record it. <laughs> and I'm gonna come up to you at Ronan and say, "Hey, you remember that guy that said that you, uh, Florida's healthy because of you?" Yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm gonna pull so, over my phone like, "Hell yeah, it's my ringtone." <laughs> oh, wrestling is healthy because of you. Wrestling is healthy because. Oh God, can you imagine my voice as a ringtone? Hell no. So, I'm just imagining like never answering my wife's calls just because I want to listen to somebody put me over like that. <laughs> <laughs> listen, the last thing I need is for her to give me any kind of eclipse because I will be running away. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> ah, she ain't she ain't nothing. I could take her to. No I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> listen, all I need to see is that twist in the air, and I'll be running. I'll be like, ah, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> oh yeah, who do, you, who do you think was the practice dummy for her when she was when she was learning the move? I just said oh. my jaw still hurts from all the, all the, all the kisses I took. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard backstage news. You want to know how she created the eclipse? There you go. Oh, it's this man right here. Busted my jaw over and over. I just I stood there <laughs> this and man right here. <laughs> That's love. Uh, R.I.P. That jaw. Love. Man, they Thank love you. to mess with your jaw at the Kaiju Big Battle no, and right. now with this. I'm starting to think I don't have as strong a jaw as I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, call me Glass Palmer. Glass Jaw Palmer. Uh, time to change that show time, buddy. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> my last question is, you know, being that four-year-old kid, I know your your fan is still in there, hence why you're doing what you do. If you had to tell your your four year old something right now of what you've become, what what would you tell yourself? Well, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the first thing I would have said is is learn the crazy flips in wrestling because I was never trained that. Cause Lance Hoyt, huge guy, doesn't know how to do a backflip. You know what I mean? He might, but he's not going to. And so I wish I had learned that style because so many guys were like, oh, you got to learn how to tell the story. You got to learn how to ground and pound. You got to learn how to grapple. And it's like, don't do that flip floppy bullshit. And it's like, now I wish I had learned to also do the flip floppy bullshit. <laughs> so, like, I can do the ground and pound. I can do some wrestling. And I'm over here going, like, damn it, I wish I could have learned how to do a shooting star press properly. <laughs> so, like, I'm talk- talking to my buddies here. Like, I, I, got, a, I got a few buddies over here. We're, we're going to have game night here, board game night here in a few minutes. And they're all, like, younger than me. I'm, like, the oldest one in the house. And, like, they're all talking about their, oh, I did this this week in this crazy spot. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, man, I could barely do a leapfrog. What are you, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> So, yeah, I would go back and tell myself, like, hey, take a gymnastics class or something because you've got to get ready for that uh, part of wrestling. 
so that's what you would tell your four-year-old self to learn Hell the backflips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go to gymnastics class. Just trust me, you'll, you'll appreciate it. The theater helped you as much as it could, but you need to go to gymnastics class. <laughs> that has to be course, the my funniest. Four, my four-year-old self would be like, "Who the hell are you?" But yeah, so yeah, gymnastics class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! That that has to be the funniest answer to that question I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is like, "Try your best and <laughs> and never give up." Like, screw that! Go to gymnastics class. <laughs> <laughs> Don't land on your knees so much your first few years of wrestling. <laughs> They're really gonna hurt by the time you're 12 years in. Things like that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have found my most funnest interview on God's green earth. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if you did not laugh during this interview, folks, you're a robot. Simple as yeah. that. You're a robot. Yeah, you're a dirty robot. Dirt. <laughs> okay, you know, I'm done with you, Mr. Palmer. I, I'm going to freaking okay. have a heart attack and die and not be able to see you live in person anymore. <laughs> If I die of laughter right now. All right. So, well, I'm going to jump off here and go play some board games then. <laughs> yeah, well, before you do, uh, how can uh, fans follow you on social media? How can any bookers get a hold of you for any kind of inquiries? And where can the fans catch you next live? Uh, next live, you can catch me at uh, Revolver Wrestling. It's uh, the show in Dayton, Ohio. It's going to be August 2nd. I believe they will have a Twitch stream up available. Uh, you can catch them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as uh, Wrestling Revolver or The Revolver Wrestling. Uh, my social media on Twitter and Instagram is Palmer is Lost. All one word, Palmer is Lost. I forgot why I named it that, and I'm not changing it. I don't want to. Facebook, you can catch me at Centerfold1986. However, I'll tell you right now, it's mostly me. Uh, sending out cat photos. I love kids. <laughs> and bookers, if you want to get a hold of me, you can get a you can get a hold of me uh, through any of that social media, or you can email me at palmerislost at gmail. And never call me. I don't answer phone calls. <laughs> Sorry, this is my old man old man rant right there. Like, don't call me. <laughs> Leave me alone. Listen, the last two parts. Hey, even though all I do is share key, kitties, and don't call me. I don't answer phone calls. <laughs> yeah, I just want to share photos of kittens, <laughs> and don't call me, ever. <laughs> I'll tell that to my family. Don't ever call me. Just text me. <laughs> all right. Well, Mr. Mr. Palmer, I thank you so very much for sharing some laughs with us, talking from Game of Thrones all the way to your career, and, and even sharing some funny stories about Lance Hoyt almost killing you. I appreciate right. it. Thank you so very much for this. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> all right. I hope you have a, <laughs> a great night, Mr. Palmer. Thank you. You too. Talk to you guys later. All right. Bye-bye. Guys, I don't know if I could continue on with this show with a straight face. 
this has to be the funniest show I've ever conducted. And I thank so very much to Mr. Palmer for his time shared on our show, talking about the state of independent wrestling right now, uh, what he thinks about the WWE. Uh, of course, uh, if if you need the WWE to survive in this wrestling business, on top of that, even talking about Lance Hoyt, his trainer, all the way to even talking Game of Thrones and the Kaiju Big Battle events he's been in. We thank Mr. Palmer so very much for sharing his time. Guys, this is George Alonzo. I'll see you all next week right here on the same channel of Russell City Radio back on Wednesdays next week at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Till then, everyone take care of yourself and stay real. Good night, folks.